You're listening to the Build Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. This holiday season, give the gift of Midco SN, your home for wall-to-wall coverage of North Dakota athletics. We've got live hockey and basketball coming your way from now through March, plus North Dakota Hockey Central on Friday nights and a live hour-long UND football signing day special coming up on December the 19th. Tis the season for UND and Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports, and this is the Build Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Build Shaves Podcast, taping this on a Tuesday morning, December the 4th, alongside producer David Folsky, the athletic director of the University of North Dakota Build Shaves. I'm Alex Seiner. Bill, another busy week in UND athletics. You know, some some good, um, some some tough losses, just kind of a another one of those weeks where you can kind of zoom out and just see sort of the body of work as a whole and still probably feel good coming in on a Tuesday after a busy week. Yeah, you know, certainly on the basketball side, we've gotten, uh, you know, some tough losses last week on on the men's side. Uh, it kind of feels like Alex. It, the road's one thing for sure. I mean, to to win on the road, whatever the percentages are for Division One schools to win on the road, that's always a it's a low percentage. But you know, we were playing obviously a couple of teams. Uh, well, obviously played one at home, one on the road. But but um, playing a couple of teams that were kind of like in our area code, if you yeah. will, mm-hmm. and it just felt like. Uh, you know, a play here, a play there, and you know what, you 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 could win, and uh, you know, but you know, the other team's trying to grind and figure it out too. It's early in the year, and I think uh, Coach Jones is, is still trying to you know feel his way with this group. We just we've got so many different pieces, and I think he's still yeah. trying to figure it out to some degree. And I, you know, it may not be until uh, we get into conference play where we have a real good read on where this team can go. Yeah, and that's I suppose with with any season, especially with with hoops, where you know it's a one bid league, and you know you really just have to perform as the course of your conference year goes on to give yourself a chance in the postseason. Totally. That, that that's what the non-conference is all about, especially for, for the men with 11 new players and, and for the women with a lot of new people in their backcourt. It's just going to take some time to get it's, some of those pieces it's, all It's completely a balance between, I think, psychologically, obviously, being able to close out games. Yeah. That That's one. I mean, that's, that's there for sure. Um, but it's always when you get, you know, a, kind of a reset with a, with a new roster, you're always wondering, okay, can I play 30 really good minutes? Can I play 35 really good minutes? Can I play 40 good minutes? And, you know, and I think that's kind of where we're trying to go at this point in time. And, um, yeah, and, and you're trying to get some consistency with, with, your, uh, with uh, all of your, uh, all your players as well. And so, uh, I don't know. I, I think we're, you know, we, we've got um, – you know, a lot to, to work through here in the month of December before really we kind of hit in earnest Summit League play. Yeah, Bill referencing, by the way, talking about on the men's side at least, the Big Sky Summit League challenge that UND took part in this past week, a close loss on the road to Montana State. Again, another one of those games, kind of a lot like the week before um, against Utah Valley. Close game, kind of back and forth the whole game. You know, UND had an advantage really going into the final stretch and then just a couple plays, some free throws, and you find yourself on the, on the wrong ends. Yeah, uh, made a big steal, had a good good look at a three, and uh, I was a great three. I mean, uh, especially on the right. I mean, it was clean. I mean, yeah. almost almost all the way down. So uh, um, so then uh, then came back and, you know, I, I obviously uh, lost to, to Idaho and, you know, just, um, you know, that's probably, you know, was was disappointing for, for, for Coach Jones for sure. But, uh, you know, back on the road, though, uh, and uh, heading down to, to Texas for a game tomorrow night. Yes, exactly. Which will be Wednesday night. Wednesday night, yep. So, yeah, taping this on a Tuesday. So, yep, game game against UTRGV, University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley. 
in Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Texas. Yes. I had to look that one up because I eh, have not been there. Uh, not, not familiar. Not familiar yes. with that part of the country as well. But um, big game for them now coming up on Wednesday. Yep. Uh, and then back home. Home again on Sunday, the, the second half of a home-and-home home against Milwaukee. Yep. Sunday at 3 o'clock for the men's hoops team. Who again, still, even though they've lost three in a row against kind of similar opposition, they're still 4-4 four and four and still a chance now again with a couple more games this week to get a little bit of momentum heading into that Christmas period, which is not too far away. Um, speaking of coming home, the women uh, have been on the road the entirety of November. They started off December as well on the road. They had a couple of road games out on the East Coast this past week, a, a close defeat against Rhode Island on Tuesday, then they come back and get a big win over UMass on Wednesday. Uh, Lexi Claybo, kind of the big story, as she's kind of been for the last couple of years, really, but back-to-back 30-point -back games, first time that's been done in a while here at UND. She's your Summit League Player of the Week. She's playing fantastic and has this team now at, at 2-4 and four and a chance to get some momentum now rolling into, the finally, a home game coming up this weekend. Yeah, and what's, you know, but uh, home game, correct, but two road games, two road as, games as well. Two road games, around it. Right, yep. so, so, so there's that. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, what's been really impressive about Lexi as well is, you know, we just haven't been shooting it real well from the perimeter mm -hmm. yet. And uh, it doesn't mean that we can't, but it means that obviously teams are teams are going to focus in on her, right? Start yeah. there, but uh, but she's been she's been getting her. Uh uh, you know, points efficiently and uh, and then uh, obviously rebounding well. So uh, so if we can get everyone kind of, uh, you know, around her sort of uh, going a little bit, you know, I, this team has a, an opportunity to do some, uh, some some neat things in the Summit League. Yeah, big test. You mentioned, of course, they, they come home on Friday, but first they've got a game Tuesday, tonight. Obviously, you'll be listening to this when the result will all already be decided, but a, a really good UNI team uh, down in Cedar, uh, Cedar Rapids at 7 o'clock this evening and then Iowa State on the road. Sunday, who was who was ranked before South Dakota beat them the other day. So Summit League has had some success against the Cyclones this year, but obviously a very difficult task uh, to go into Ames and get a win Sunday at noon with uh, Milwaukee again sandwiched in between 11.30 a.m. That'll be a fun day because we've got elementary school students showing up at the Betty to support UND women's basketball. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's an opportunity, uh, um, you know, it, to have uh, – elementary schools uh bring their kids and uh you know they get a taste of college i yeah. mean that that's kind of the whole thought you know kind of a field trip game if you will and uh you know you, you get there and you know some of our uh you know uh students here at a young age can get really uh impressed upon being at a college campus can see themselves uh, doing that later on and you know that's kind of what the whole premise is behind the game yeah those games are fun i think from a spectator standpoint uh we used to do Years ago, I was the public address announcer for the Sioux Falls Canaries, who was an American League or American Association baseball team, semi-pro baseball down in Sioux Falls. And they would do a, like two matinees a year where they would invite all of the uh, daycare and, and you know summer camp kids to come. And so you'd fill up this stadium that the birdcage down there and you'd play cartoons and like do all these sorts of have funny sounds and music and all this stuff. And, and we'd, we'd interact. We'd have like special words. So anytime you'd say the word birdcage was the name of the stadium we would say birdcage all the kids were supposed to make as much noise as possible and it was so much fun we, we had a great time in the booth and i think everybody who came who was not a part of the daycare troop i think kind of had fun too i just it's just fun to be around a group of of youngsters with so much energy who are just really excited to get to be a part of this really cool sporting event that you're there for so it's loud i mean we should have uh, maybe close to two thousand yeah. uh, kids there and be fun. you know i don't know uh, david's I, I see him you know his he's grinding right now He's thinking. He might say, Betty, Betty, Anytime right? Say the Betty. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody on your feet. Let's go. <laughs> 
that's, that's it so it'll be fun uh you know for for those that do go and uh you know could have a little bit of sensitivity with your ears earplugs may not be the worst thing in that's, the world that's a good plug because i'll tell you what it will be loud yeah and that's awesome it'll be great yeah so cool that's coming up again 11 30 on friday you and the women taking on milwaukee here yep. at the betty uh hockey by the way also back home this weekend they're coming off I think, what did Red Gardner mention? It was an ugly, gutty series against Minnesota Duluth, but they found a way to get the split on the road in the ends. A huge, huge win on Saturday night for Bradbury and the guys to come back down. So many important bodies because of either injury or penalties or guys getting kicked out of the game, but still found a way to get a split against the defending national champs. Yeah, that was a, uh, that was gritty. It was uh, New Jersey devilish, right? Mm-hmm. From the, from the nineties, if you will. Uh, and so, yeah, I, you know, going into the weekend when you when you're down three of your top six forwards, so basically down one of your top two lines, right? And so everyone's got to kind of move up in the, in the, uh, uh, in the lineup. And so, uh, you know, I just thought, you know, given, you know, what Duluth did uh, on Friday, which was, uh, you know, they they are incredibly uber talented, right? And so they uh, they got after us on Friday, but to kind of rebound and respond on Saturday was uh, was highly impressive. And and now again, now it's kind of how do you respond from the response? Yeah. And so you know, here comes uh, here comes Denver, and uh, you know we got to find a way to uh, to play a really good Friday night. You know that would be helpful. Yeah, um, Brad Schlossman of the Grand Forks Herald, who obviously covers this team and is, is the best college hockey beat writer in the country, had a great stat where that UND is the only team in the nation now with two wins, with, with more than one win over a top four team. And we've got one against Minnesota State. Of course, they split against the Mavericks back in October, and now one on the road against Minnesota Duluth. And again, Amsoil, a difficult place to go play, and we've struggled there. But for this team to have success when they really were shorthanded, again, as you said, now they, they still got to take care of business this weekend against the Denver team that's number six in the country and is coming off a bye just like Duluth was so a fresh pioneer team coming into Grand Forks but they've proven UND's proven they've been able to raise their game against some of the best in the nation no matter who they've got on the bench answer a question for me what's your what's your thoughts having seen it a bit what's the whole thought of coming off a bye in hockey is that a what does that mean in a sense because you know it almost can go either way right because it's not as if you can lose a rhythm a little bit, couldn't yeah. you? I, I think it's just like football. I think it's very, it's very similar. I think it depends how your team handles that time off. You know, yep. it, it's some, for some teams, like, again, if North Dakota had a bye right now, that would be great. You'd have a chance to get some guys healed up. They would take that in a heartbeat. At the same time, if you're playing well, you know, Denver was coming off uh, a, a win and a tie against Providence the week before. They had played Duluth the week before that. Like they've, they've played some difficult games in this stretch leading into this UND series. Probably came into an okay time. Get some yep. guys back healthy and ready to go. But um, we think we saw, again, Duluth was coming off a bye this past weekend. They were a little bit sluggish to start the first period. I thought UND had the better of the play on Friday, probably for the opening 15 minutes or so. And then it was just a late power play that... You know, UND allows a goal with five seconds remaining in the first, and then Duluth kind of took the game from there. But I, 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 I think you're right. I think sometimes in hockey where you can kind of build momentum from week to week, sometimes that works to go from Saturday and you keep it rolling. But we always talk about that. But the guys also mentioned, too, that every week's different, and you have these gaps between games. So it's not really – I don't think it necessarily really throws off your momentum when you do have a bye like that. I think just the 
t it takes a little bit to get up to the speed of the game. That would be the only thing I would say that would be a negative against having to buy. In yeah, and I, I know it, probably preparation. If you're on the other side with the buy, I mean, there's only so much you can prepare. Like, it, right. it, like yeah. you can't prepare two weeks before. I mean, I think you go into regular week mode yep. preparation to some degree. Um, really, probably the buy week is much like is what Bubba would say or whatever. Is you kind of it's about you and your team. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's about taking care of you know getting getting healthy and and maybe getting back quote unquote to basics on certain yeah. things and so so uh yeah I, I it's just interesting you know it's always it's always tricky when you look at a schedule and you know sometimes it's just happenstance especially like on the football side where you might play three teams that are coming off of yeah. buys mm -hmm. I mean, that's just what life it's is just the way it goes it's just the way it goes yeah, exactly so hockey again taking on denver friday and saturday at the ralph it's their last series period before this three-week christmas period that comes up uh, a little long holiday break for the guys to get rested up and get ready to go. And then an exhibition game for them in between Christmas and New Year's on the 28th, 29th? Of 29th. December, 29th, that's Saturday of December against the uh, under-18 team. And then they start second half play on the road at Canisius in Buffalo. So a non-conference series before they run through the NCHC in the second half. But that's it's, right. it's just amazing to think. We talked with Brad uh, on Monday and just talking about the first half of the season being done. I mean, you have one series left. I know. Half your season is over. It's incredible. It that goes. That point. It goes. Once it once it starts, boy, the the uh, it just uh, before you blink of an eye, you're at the holidays. So it's crazy. So big weekend coming for hockey. Uh, big weekend for FCS playoffs. Uh, if you want to zoom out a little bit and yeah. think, you know, we saw this past weekend for the first time since they've moved to this 2014 format that all the favorites won. The top eight seeds all advanced from the round of 16 to the quarterfinals. Maybe not surprising because you had a lot of teams that I think earned those seeds. But, you know, the only one I think people looked at and thought, gosh, that's a bit of an upset, probably was Colgate beating James Madison. But given James Madison's coaching situation and their coach, all the rumors going around about him leaving and going to UNC Charlotte or going to East Carolina or wherever – as an athletic director, when you see those types of things go out the week of a playoff game for your team, does that what is, does that make you cringe a little bit? Is that, is that kind of like a worst case scenario situation, or, or what are your thoughts yeah, on I, that? I, I think it's um, a compliment. Mm. I mean, I do. I, I, I think you 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 know if you're going to have success, that unfortunately this run is going to be right in the middle of when programs are looking to hire a coach and yeah. here's the tricky part with december 19th being uh the early signing date you know programs you know if you're if yeah. you're going to invest x amount of dollars into an individual you're going to want that person now yeah. and so so it, it makes it really hard for those fcs coaches now if you think about it really there's only been a handful really over the course of the last you know let's say half a dozen years that really get put in this position but it's real it's real, and I think you need to have a contingency to some degree on how you're going to work that through. And, you know, and I, I watched a few of the uh, interviews with Coach Houston, and, you know, I, I, you know, again, I obviously, you know, there was opportunities that were going to be out there for him, and he was, you could tell he was struggling because he was trying to balance everything, yeah. and it's a tough balance. I don't envy being in that situation because obviously they've had success, won a national title, been in the title game, you know, two of the last three years, and you knew teams were going to start calling. But it's so tough, though, when you've got, you know, your team, I think, especially like young men that are 18 to 22 years old hearing that your leader, the guy that brought you to this university, 
already kind of has one foot out the door and you still have games to play. I just it, Because of some of those things, it didn't shock me that they didn't win that game on Saturday. It's tricky. It, it is tricky. Um, you know, as much as you want to say, well, it can't really, it shouldn't bother you all that much. Well, I don't know. I mean, we, we kind of went through it at Eastern for a good chunk of time, you know, after won the national title in 10, made several semifinal runs, yeah. uh, you know, and and Bo was always in uh, in the mix with a with with you know some some folks and you know it's just it's difficult it, it, it's really difficult still for an FCS uh, coach to really get an FBS job yeah. and so at the end of it all you know you want the best for the person that has done a great job with the program so you try to support them as best as you can but you balance that for that the team that's in play right now so you know there may be a couple others right now that could still be in play who knows you know i mean uh you know obviously you know the the uh you know ndsu has had a heck of a run and you know at some point in time you know someone like a coach climb is going to be in in demand at some stage but you know i only one person does get the job though at the end of it all you know i mean you can have a lot of rumors and a lot of different things only one person's getting it and so you just have to deal with it so here, here's what I would say. I'd rather have to deal with that. That's, I said that's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah. Um, well, Colgate now gets to deal with the aforementioned Bison this weekend in the eight versus one. Um, Weber State, by the way, all the Big Sky teams, of course, won. Those three ranked teams uh, moved on. North Dakota State beat Montana State. So the Big Sky again with three of their four moving on to the quarterfinals. Uh, Maine plays at Weber on Friday night and then the rest of the games on Saturday. South Dakota State at Kennesaw State down in Georgia will be a fun matchup in the 4-5. And then UC Davis in a rematch with Eastern Washington, yep. a game that the Eags won by 39 points about a month ago, I think. That was the 59-20 to 20 win. It was uh, it was Davis, close. It was, I think Davis opened up ten nothing. Don't say it was closer than that. <laughs> well, they got they got 59 rolling. Fifty nine to twenty. They got rolling. Okay. They got rolling. And so um, I we'll see. I, I it's hard to play a team a second time. Now, having said all that, same place. Yeah. And if the matchups are the matchups, and for whatever reason one team you know struggles with a matchup, I'm not sure it's going to get much better than that. Yeah. But you know, it it, it it will it will be cold there. It will be you know the turnover piece. Who knows? Same at Weber will be the same mm-hmm. same scenario. Um, it'll be interesting. I I read somewhere where you know it, it, this is correct statement, but I'll I'll say a caveat to it is yes all the eight seeds won so the committee must have kind of got it right yes for sure but they were all at home too also true that's a good point and you know so it's like i mean you 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 better put that in there as well because you can't say that the other eight teams that were playing last weekend weren't necessarily as good if you flipped it if colgate went to jmu or if eastern went to nichols Mm -hmm. Nichols could, may could win that game. Story. Could have been. So, sure. so I'm not. But, but again, Nichols necessarily didn't earn the fact to be a top eight seed. So I, I get it all. But I tell you what, it is a big difference playing at home. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I would agree, especially in some of these locations. When you talked about Jacksonville State going to Maine, that's a big flip. I think that's a tough one. That's, that's a tough. That's a tough flip. And I mean, again, Maine earned it. You know, earned earned to hold yep. the right to host that game, of course. But. Um, yeah, you could you could really parse that out a lot. I think some of those teams that have, and now you could say the same thing about this weekend. You know, should South Dakota State be hosting Kennesaw? Yeah. You know, should they have to go on the road to play a Big South team? Obviously, different circumstances because they'll be they were playing in the snow last week. Yep. Now they get to go to Georgia, where I assume it will not be snowing on Saturday. Probably not. Probably not. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting if the seeds play out. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. 
I think people sort of expect it to be an all-valley semifinal now on one side with North Dakota State and South Dakota State, and they expect an all-Big Sky semi on the other with assuming, obviously, whoever wins Eastern and Davis, you're going to have that representation and Weber you, over Maine, but, but we'll see. But, but here, you know, I, I probably know enough about Davis and Eastern only because they, they've been in the Big Sky and I've seen them enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about Maine. I mean, Maine's had a really good year. They have. So, so you know, it, it, I just I, – I don't know enough about – I don't know enough about Kennesaw. And so I think that's going to be really challenging as well. Colgate's defense very was, good. was impressive. Yeah, very good. I, I'll tell you what. They jammed up JMU. I watched a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. that was, I'll tell you what. They were very impressive. So, uh, so anyways, all that to be said, uh, you know, I, I think from an FCS playoff standpoint, I'll leave you with this, is that <laughs> I think this is the best weekend. Yeah. I think this is the best weekend, the quarterfinal weekend. I mean, again, you can argue probably the last weekend, whatever, but I love the quarterfinal weekend. And the other part of it is too, and I've always been perplexed, so let me throw it out. It's, it's our podcast. We can do this. Is, uh, I can have an opinion. Is, uh, I'm surprised, you know, because it's one of those weeks where I think it's Army-Navy. It's, there's not a lot of college football on this weekend. Mm-hmm. It seems weird to me that maybe they're not more on the mothership and on ESPN2. That's true. It, it seems weird to me. It is just two of the games. It's the Friday night main Weber State game yep. that, that's on ESPN2, and then North Dakota State Colgate is on ESPN on Saturday seems like you could stretch out. Seems like you could stretch out all three of those games. You could. Yeah, I think you could, especially with the West Coast game as well. I mean, that Don't you think? Game could be, that could be a night game. Yeah, that oh. wouldn't be... Play, play one at 11, one at 2.30, one at 5, one I've at been six. always yeah. perplexed why, and again, I, what do I know? But it just seems perplexing to me that, you know, there's all these games on all throughout the season, yet you have this opportunity and they don't take advantage of yeah. it. I don't know what else they would have. I suppose college basketball, I would guess, or beanbag championships. I, I who knows? I, well, I mean, maybe they're just both ever- important in their ways. <laughs> but probably hoops has a probably, little bit probably, to do with it. Yeah, I suppose. I just think, though, like you said, when it's the the quarterfinals of a national tournament like this, and obviously the, it's different when it's you know this isn't Georgia versus Alabama. You know, it's Kennesaw State versus South Dakota State. But there's still fan bases for these teams, and I think people love college football and it's a playoff situation i I think people would absolutely watch i I totally think the one thing you get in in all of the things that we do to watch this stuff is people love the uh you lose your out games and this is what you got i mean it's 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 you're gonna have incredible emotion on those fields that, that that these teams have been vested all year and you know it could come down to that you know final play or whatever and there's either elation or devastation right it's one or the other and it's like wouldn't that look good? I mean, it yeah. just seems odd to me. So I, there you I go. Agree. I'd agree with you. No, I think that's a good. Love, we'll have to look and see what's on the schedule. We'll check the check the TV guide and see what's going Stay on. Stay tuned. Weekend. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good. <laughs> that be we'll good. do that. Uh, everybody's watching the Hallmark Channel anyway. This that's week. right. Um, moving on. A couple of great individual moments for UND athletes this past week that I want to touch on before we flip over to the B side. Um, Katie Mahler earned second-team All-American honors uh, in the, the Senior Class Award, which celebrates loyalty and achievement for staying in school. Katie obviously set an outstanding career here at UND as a double major, has won every academic award you can win, also was the Summit League leader in goals this season, fourth most in school and conference history this year with 15 tallies. That's a really cool deal. I and mean, when you see the group of people that she was listed with, I think only five kids made first team and five made second team. It's Katie Mahler, UND, along with kids from Stanford and North Carolina and all these prestigious 
women's soccer programs. What a cool thing for her and for North Dakota athletics. Yeah, I mean, she, you know, I think you, you've you read what uh, Coach Logan has said a couple of times, but, he, you know, she embodies exactly what, you know, we hope to, to see in a student-athlete period, obviously a UND student-athlete, but... Um, you know, it just, uh, it's incredible. And if you ever have a chance to talk to Katie, um, she's, she's, she's quite impressive. And, uh, you know, not surprising that, that she's awarded uh, this. And, you know, she would deflect, I'm sure, like, like most do, um, but, uh, but very well-deserved honor. So kind of neat for the program. Yeah, very cool there. And then also another cool program thing, Molly Detloff of our track and yeah. field program, who's been an All-American as well in the hammer throw last year in the outdoor season. She was a former Big Sky weight throw champion. She broke her own school record in the team's first indoor meet of the season down in Brookings this past weekend in the weight throw. Again, indoor track. So again, if you're not a track and field person, you've got your indoor season, your outdoor season. They're two separate things. You can redshirt one or the other. Uh, Molly redshirted, I think, last year indoor, I think, to preserve a year of eligibility moving forward. Instead of outdoor where you've got the discus and the javelin and all these different events, obviously you can't be throwing a javelin or a discus 200 feet inside a facility. The dangers to the spectators and everybody else is a bad deal. So they have the weight throw, which is essentially like the hammer throw, but instead of the ball being extended, it's just it's like a, a little um, hammer bell or a little what a kettlebell type thing that you chuck. And uh, she's... She's been fantastic, obviously, has been you know a conference champ and an All-American, the first in program history to make All-American honors. But cool to see her breaking her own school record in that event in the first meet of the year. No doubt, female athlete of the year last year, yeah. and she just was uh, tremendous for us. And so I I just think, um, you know, she's she's set up for, for one heck of an indoor season if that's the way she's going to uh, start yeah. the season. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. Um, one cool thing, you'll get to see her in person if you want to, coming out, I believe, this coming weekend, I believe, or this weekend or next weekend, I forget. It, this what, weekend, uh, interesting. Yep. Squad, Inter squad, yep, over at the HPC. So yep. that yep. facility is going to allow UND to host a few more indoor meets, uh, not just for college but for high school teams as well this year. And now that they'll have people can come and watch, and pretty soon they'll have a place to sit. Yeah, you know we're uh, we're excited about that. We're uh, we're in the process of uh, finishing out the uh, uh, the seating project, and uh, we had a, a number of donors uh, step up and uh, and finish that off. And you know we've got probably probably one more, couple more things that we've got to do in that facility at some point. Probably need some things from the ceiling down to kind of separate some things out so that you can have multiple uh, oh how should I say sports in there at a time. And so so there's some things that we still need to do but it's kind of it'll be kind of cool and and so i'm gonna think alex that project's finally going to be done right after the turn of the calendar year at okay. some point i think that's what's going to happen and then um and then it should be you know that that should be kind of the cherry on top so to speak and then we we go towards uh how should i say expanding that footprint because that's something that we've got to be uh we've got to be cognizant and we've got to be doing and something we've been working on uh earnestly yeah exciting news to come with that hopefully in the in the near future but again great to see it we, we were of course over in the hbc covering the und football team as they would practice over the course of the fall yep. it was so fun to see from really from week to week You'd go in and you'd see some progress being made and, and different things being laid down for the seats to be put in. And you'd come in a couple of days later and it would be radically different. Like the progress yep. was so extreme from day to day. Just a, a real credit to, I think, you know, obviously, as you said, people stepping up to help fund that project. Yep. And then of course, the people that you, you hired to build that thing, it, they've right. done a great job. It looks really, really sharp. Well, there. it'll be kind of cool. You can kind of, I think, kind of uh, look from behind too, kind of uh, stand in back. Mm -hmm. And it's just, uh, it just, uh, it, it'll just, 
top everything off there, so to speak. So uh, we're excited about it. Good stuff there. Anything else from a UND perspective, Bill, you want to touch on? No, you know, just come on out. I mean, uh, like I said, you know, we've got a couple of big hockey games and uh, men's hoop on Sunday and women's hoop on Friday at 1130. So uh, love to uh, have you come on out. Yeah, four big events, home events, and, and plus track and field as well. Track so really and field, five, yep. five big home events coming up this week here on the university's campus. So great opportunity to check these teams out in person. You know, you know the last thing I will say is, yeah. you know, that we do have a booster luncheon on, on, oh, we on Friday. Right, Friday. You know, yep. and, I, and I, 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 you know, sometimes maybe I don't mention that as often as I should, but, you know, that doesn't, you know, anyone's invited to come to the booster luncheon. And so uh, that uh, usually uh, you can get in, uh, start about 1130 program uh, tips off at, at, at noon and uh, Lowell Schweiger does a great job emceeing. And so uh, this week's at the Alaris center. And so uh, uh, occasionally get a look sometimes, you know, last one we had at the Ralph, mm -hmm. but, uh, but this one's going to be at Alaris and uh, 1130 on Friday. Yeah. And I would just, again, echo that sentiment because it is great. I just, I've really enjoyed the opportunities we get to go and you hear from the coaches. You typically hear, there's usually a fun story or two, obviously from Lowell, from the, from the joke bag that he pulls out, but you also get a chance to get a taste of the alumni base a little bit. You get a really nice meal. You get to hear from the opposing coach typically as well, either from, yep. from hockey. So David Carl, for example, might be speaking this weekend, the coach of Denver, who's got a great story. Guys, great 20, story. 29 years I old. Know. Would have been a, a top, know. you know, second or third round pick in the NHL draft coming out of Shattuck St. Mary's. During the combine, they found a heart condition, forced him to retire. He was still picked in the seventh round by Tampa Bay just because they wanted to pay him respect for his – he won a back-to-back -back national champions, championships at Shattuck. I mean, just – it's a cool thing. And then he went into coaching. Denver honored the scholarship that they had offered him to come play, was a student assistant for four years, and now has found himself the youngest head coach it's actively in, in men's D1 hockey. and is keeping that program going on the right foot. So a really a neat, neat deal if he's going to speak on Friday to come out and check that yeah, out. Yeah, you know, and, and I'd say that, uh, you know, Brad does a great job getting the opposing coaches to, to come and speak, and, and they want to speak, yeah. really. I mean, they, they want to, uh, um, you know, talk about their programs, but it, it gives you just a different perspective because once you drop the yeah. puck, it obviously gets uh, intense and yeah. everyone wants to get get after it, but you just have a different perspective when you see the, uh, see the coaches prior to the game. Yeah, the best example of that this year, I think, was when Western Michigan came to town and Andy Murray spoke on a Friday. And Andy, typically on the bench, is kind of a curmudgeonly figure who is very, his arms are always crossed. He's always, he just doesn't look happy at all. Like he seems to, he's very intense. He's pained probably. He's, he is. You know, he's pained. You, you understand sometimes yes. the yes. pain feeling of watching sports. But 10-year NHL coach, I mean, like has an experience in that. You don't expect him to be this gregarious, nice guy. But when he speaks... I mean, we were just blown away. And he's, he's done this the last couple of years, of course, when they come to town. But just couldn't be the, ni the, the nicest man speaking yeah. glowingly about his players, about like how much they enjoy coming to Grand Forks, appreciation for UND. It just, it's so funny because it makes, it makes it just even that much more difficult to root against them. Well, but then the puck drops and it all goes well, away. Then, you forget all those it, nice it, things it, you experienced. It does go away, earlier. but it does give you just different perspective. Isn't <laughs> yeah. that cool? Humanizes. The it does. It humanizes. Yeah. That's right. So 1130 this weekend on Friday, excuse me, at the Alaris. Go check that out. Again, fan luncheon. Uh, always good times. So flipping over from the A side to the B side. And there were a lot of different things going on in, in Bill Chaves' world of major sports this week. And some were good. Tottenham with a big one nothing away win at Inter. Or at home. I, always, I keep saying, I would keep yep. thinking they were away. But they found a way to keep their hopes alive. Um, they'll go into this game at Barcelona with a chance to move on to the Champions League round of 16. That was followed up, though, with the disappointment of a roller coaster of a North London derby against Arsenal. How did you experience Sunday's match against the Gunners, Bill? Well, 
well, home with my son. And, uh, you know, it, it was looking quite good for a while. Up 2-1. Flying. Fight, fighting with the substitutes. Like, we, the guys we have, were, were we have dominating. A, we have a guy in the back, a, a young kid. I, I like him. He's a good – he seems like a – really nice guy but boy he has struggled the last couple of weeks and uh he, he swung and missed yeah. i mean and that was a tough one did you see that little swing in the miss yeah and that just was uh and it led to a goal which uh then led to really another goal and uh they were off and running so they were excited uh they were excited uh at the emirates so good for them yeah four to two win for your hated rivals there's a joke against spurs and arsenal or two there there are a ton of london teams i think there are eight london teams in EPL so. this year spurs and arsenal are two of them but they're they're from the same side of london i think it's only four miles separating that's right their stadiums and so there's a the fan bases just hate each other and typically arsenal over the course of history have been a little oh, bit better than Spurs. They've had it, yeah. A little better than Spurs. 20 years of glory, as someone yeah. told me in Minnesota. <laughs> I saw someone with an Arsenal shirt, yeah. and he says, 20 years of glory. I said, not anymore. They, uh, the, the Arsenal always has what's called um, St. Totteringham's Day, in which they pass Spurs in the table, and then and, and Tottenham never come back to take him up on it. Mm. And that typically happens every year. Didn't happen last year. Last year, right. St. Totteringham, I can't even say it. Right. St. Totteringham's Day was canceled for yeah. the first time in a long time. So it's always tough when, when you lose to your hated rival like that. And obviously well, a diff- difficult defeat to be up 2-1 and then lose 4-2. I end. try to have perspective in life, right? And, and so at the end of the day, if you're taking the three matches they had last week, they won the two. I would say generally they had to win. If they were going to lose one, that was the one because it was away. And so they yeah. can get them back at them, at, at, you know, and maybe at White Hart Lane if they ever open <laughs> up the facility, right? And uh, But it's amazing. They're only four miles apart. Yeah. I, you know, I... Literally, I've never been to England. I, I, do, I do look forward to going. Have you been to England? I have not, no. That's, that's one of my list. I would love to see that. I mean, because then you talk about Everton-Liverpool, which yeah. that was a crazy finish, right? Oh. But, but at the end of the day, I still haven't seen it, by the way. I need to oh, see it. Um, I know. I, I heard your, your guy ran out, and I don't know where he was, but he ran somewhere. What was he, 12th player on the field? So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what is he doing? Finish, finish, that guy, finish your thought on well, London, then we'll, well, then we'll circle well, back Everton, to this. Everton-Liverpool, how far away are they? Oh, it's a stone's throw. It's just across Stanley Park. It's, it's, they're literally Goodison and, and Anfield. That, right that's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It is amazing. I, I, you know, Kyle Bruce, who works at University of Washington now, he, he said he's a big Liverpool fan, mm-hmm. but he had went over there and he just said there's a street yeah. that just goes down and one side's blue and one side's red. <laughs> Literally. And, you know, I just, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's wild. And it, they always joke, like, you know, it's, it's literally brother against brother. Like, people in the same family Literally. that grew up in, in Liverpool, you pick your side. and It's a little Vikings-Packers, like, it's that same sort of thing. But, the, but it's like as if they were in the same town. I mean, it just, it's separated Literally. by a couple yeah. blocks. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. So Sunday in the Premier League, it was unique because you sort of had Spurs versus Arsenal, which is, of course, a big rivalry match. And again, if, you, if you're if you not familiar, Derby matches are these rivalry matches. D-E-R-B-Y. It looks like Derby, but they pronounce it Derby, and it just means it's, it's the, against the team in your same town that you hate. That's right. And so you had Spurs-Arsenal, I think, at 8 o'clock, and then you had Liverpool against Everton at 10-15. And Liverpool have not lost to Everton in eight years. It's very much a big brother-little brother situation. And uh, Bill Shankly, who was the Liverpool coach that sort of brought them to prominence in the 50s and 60s, had a great quote in which he said, like, I wouldn't watch Everton play if they were outside my window. Like, it just... <laughs> that is hysterical. It's been going on for a long time. But they... Um, it looked like it was going to be... It was a very exciting game. It was scoreless throughout. But both teams had great chances, some flubbed opportunities, some good goalkeeping. But it looks like it's going to be a nil-nil for sure. 
and Liverpool get a free kick late, and they lob one in, and Virgil van Dijk, who's our, our big hulking center half, is up, and he kind of mishits it, and he slices his volley, and it goes up, and it looks like it's going to go out of play, and it just kind of dies a little bit and drops down, hits off the top. Jordan Pickford, who's the England goalkeeper, who's Everton's goalkeeper as well, goes up to sort of tip it over the bar, but he, he misses it, and it kind of hits off his hands and hits off the crossbar and then bounces, hits off the crossbar again, and then bounces back into play, and Liverpool's substitute, Divac Origi, who had not played for like a year and a half for them, is, is on, and he's like right in front and just heads it in, and that's the last basically like last kick of the game, and they win on that, and Jurgen Klopp, our manager, ran out and hugged our goalkeeper inside the 18-yard box <laughs> as play is still going on, and he's been charged by the fa as they would call oh, it. he's yeah, gonna, be, he's gonna yeah. be fined heavily for that unfortunately but well, you gotta stay in the coach's box it just he was he was in a box it just it was the 18 yard box the it wasn't box. the it wasn't the coach's box but um big win one nothing you and und liverpool i i'm getting all my favorite teams mixed up here right now but liverpool stay within two points of city at the top and uh they kind of open themselves up a little bit of a space now between you mentioned it last week feels like two teams and then three for five, and or three, you know, three teams three, fighting, three for, for two. fighting yeah. for those last. Yeah, I, you know, it seems like uh, you know Tyler O'Hara, who who uh, is uh, uh, works in compliance for us, is a big Liverpool fan too. Feels like two points is like you just can't give City much more than that. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like they're that good. Now they, I believe, um, I think they play Chelsea this week. Man well, City. it's it's a unique week because there are midweek games in the Premier League. So yep. today, Tuesday, uh, City's actually playing Watford uh, coming up at two o'clock this afternoon and then uh, and then I think you are right it is a big Chelsea game I think on Sunday so a chance maybe 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 you know if you get the Blues but City's pretty up, good huh they just I mean another, they just have weapons another everywhere. win for them this weekend that just looked absolutely effortless like they're just I think it ended up being 2-1 to 3-1 to one was the final 3-1 to one over Bournemouth and it was 1-1 going into half but you just had you just had no hope that they were going to lose. Like they just don't drop points. They just—they're no. too good. They're just—they're no. just too good. It's ridiculous. well, and it sounds like your Liverpool right now. They've got—they've got their work cut out in the Champions League, huh? They had a bad loss uh, against PSG. Two again. Not, it's not a bad loss. You lose on the road in Paris, two to one against a team that has a bunch of guys. Your other were, loss was a bad loss, right? The other loss at Red Star Belgrade is what yeah. really is going to hurt them. So they—they they basically now need to win against Napoli in two weeks' time. Um, that's at Anfield, which helps a little bit. But then they also need help, I think, because yeah. Napoli is. Four points clear, and PSG is three points clear. So they, they kind of need they need some help to move on. But I, I don't want to be playing Europa League football. Nobody does. Nope. Even though they announced this week there's going to be a second Europa League now. There's like Europa League 2. We're just we're, we're finding ways. This will be a podcast discussion for a different B-side about how to fix international football because they just keep finding ways to screw this up. But in any case, speaking of international football, by the way, the U.S. men's national team finally has a coach. I don't know if you saw this or not. I didn't see that. Greg Berhalter, who had been the longtime coach of Columbus Crew, some success oh. taking a team with limited resources, uh, former U.S. MNT defender uh, who played a, in a couple World Cups for us. Do we like this hire? You know, we, we are confused that it took 13 months for them to find a coach when he was in their own backyard. I'm not sure why it took so long. If this was the, It would have been different, I think, if they had hired an international coach who's a big name that you were sort of waiting for. Yep. Greg's, Greg's kind of been available. I mean, that's, you know, it wasn't going to take much to pull him from Columbus, who's probably going to move to Austin and kind of a club that didn't have a lot of resources in the first place. Uh, I think he probably would have jumped at the opportunity to leave hmm. last year after they uh, let go Jurgen. But in any case, he's, he's 44, 45 years old, so a young guy, um, played the game, has coached in Europe before, uh, played in Europe as well. 
Um, I also played, you know, start one in MLS Cup uh, with, with the LA Galaxy. So he's a guy that has experience, at least in terms of, you know, every level of, of playing slash coaching, but he's never been an international coach before. He's never really featured at this level, but um, people are, were sort of comparing the higher a little bit to what England did with with Southgate, with Gareth Southgate, where you take take a guy that played, didn't have a lot of managerial experience, but was young enough, was was set in his philosophy, could maybe be an inspirational figure, an American, you know, a, a Brit, etc. Yeah. You know, be having someone from the inside. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see. see. I'm just glad they have a coach. It took That's them a good. long time, and this this last year was just a lost. Year well, they need team. they need to really get it going. I mean, I, they you know it, it has been uh, it hasn't been great. Yeah. So uh, we just got to get it get it going for you know I mean and, and there's you want them in the World Cup you want, oh yeah you want the you I mean <laughs> yeah. I mean that yeah. that was a tough one yeah so yeah. who knows but other than that yeah my Steelers they lost and eh, you know they they they're just they're an emotional roller coaster so you know uh, it, this week will be another game and it'll be another emotional roller coaster I think they go to Oakland and that'll be that'll be fun. They, they, they never play well in Oakland. Never play well in Oakland. So we'll see what happens. All of them, the only thing I got going in, in the Chaves household is is my son's team is worse. At, at least the Panthers have Oh, they're imploded. The I mean, yeah. they've completely. Four, four straight, I think, right? Is oh, right? four yeah. straight. They're yeah. moving people along. They're just, yeah. it's, it's an implosion in uh, Carolina. Yeah. Um, I like how, Bill, you quickly skimmed over just the fact that it was a. Uh, not great. Uh, not, not a great. Well, we'll, we'll move on. We'll leave, we'll leave it at that. Tough loss on Sunday night to the Chargers. Tough loss. Yeah, they might play him again. Yeah, they probably I mean, the way things might work out. So they might. Pittsburgh now seven four and one. Yeah, kind of has slid down now and are still, le- still holding on to they that. They gotta be careful. Yeah. Baltimore's coming. They've yeah. won three straight. When you look at the remaining schedule, and I wanted to talk to you about this. So Baltimore is a game back. It's well half game back. Sorry, at seven and five. Pittsburgh has at Oakland yeah. against the Patriots at home at New Orleans and then at home against Cincinnati. You think two and yeah, two though? You, you gotta be three and one. You get to you, yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, I think if you want to do damage. You got to be three and one. Yeah. Two and two might still get you the division, but it's going to get you the fourth seed. Yeah. On the flip side, Baltimore at Kansas City, tough. Home against Tampa Bay, at the Chargers. Oh, tough. Home against Cleveland. But you would think huh. probably two and two. Eh, probably. probably. But you never know. It's the NFL. It's weird. Every you know, week. I thought yeah. Minnesota. I mean, getting to the Vikings. I, you know, because it's hard not to watch them. Especially I was kind of rooting them against them uh, this past weekend <laughs> against your team. But um, yeah, you know. You know, even even the Vikings are talented enough. They're, they some there's going to be a team right now that is going to win four straight, mm-hmm. and I don't know who that's going to be, but someone in that pot of like six or seven wins right now is going to get hot. Yeah, and you know maybe it's Philadelphia. Again, you never know. I mean, you know they've been written off, but you know I don't believe in Dallas. I just every time Dallas gets expectations put on them, yeah, I don't know. Their defense looked pretty good though yeah. against New Orleans. I think that's the one thing. Typically, defense they did a great job. It's, 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 they did a great like job. It's a different story. But eventually, yeah. I mean, holy cow, New Orleans was on such a roll. Yeah. I mean, it's, eventually you're going to have one tough week. Yeah. So who knows? But hey, a month to go. Your your Patriots. <laughs> it's it's Patriot time now, right? It typically is. Yeah. New England, by the way, finishes. I think uh, it's. It's not exactly a murderer's row the rest of the way. I'll be at Pittsburgh. Why? Of course, because they be, play their division. Pittsburgh will be a tough game. You are. I mean, it is though. It's their division. They get Buffalo. It's Buffalo, New York, and Miami. The rest. Welcome of the to Miami the last yeah. twenty years as they're chasing Brady and Belichick. Another twelve and yeah, twelve and four, thirteen and three season on the way, and another another bye. And Bill and Thielen, they're okay right now. That was a great. Again, it's so funny. Um, Adam Thielen took 
took umbrage with the fact that uh, it was Patrick Chung, I believe, who went down injured. I think maybe was legitimately injured. I don't know. But it was on a close play where clearly New England had stopped Latavius Murray on a third and short or on a fourth and inches or whatever it was. And they gave him the benefit of the doubt, and they get the first down, and the Patriots were trying to decide if they wanted the challenge or not. One of their guys goes down injured, which sort of bought them a little more time, and Thielen didn't like that and basically said to Bill, I don't like that. Yes. Your team is cheap like that. And, and Bill, Bill, Bill said, I don't like you addressing me like that. That's right. I could read lips. So they had exactly an exchange. They had an exchange. They had a bit of an exchange. Yep. yep. So, but they both, you know. Although I, I, thought Brady, I thought Brady's comments were great. You know, he loved it. Yeah. He just I, that's, hey, that's part of the, part I mean, of the they're game. emotional. Emotions. I thought yep. it was great. Yep. I thought, you know what? I thought it was awesome. Good yeah. for them. They were into it. <laughs> they were into it. Although the game was fairly boring. I'd, I was expecting a few more fireworks. Yeah, there, you know? there wasn't a lot. Um, Seems like the Vikings, and again, I, I don't know much about their team other than I know they're struggling to run the ball a little bit. It feels like it. They had a couple of good like chunk it. plays with Dalvin Cook against yeah, the Patriots defense. Because he's 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 that guy yeah. if he gets a crease. But it just seems like they're struggling yeah. to consistently run the ball. The one good thing again, per, per, no offense to Vikings fans, I just I was not I wasn't concerned. I mean, once the game started and things kind of start, you, know, you could see that New England was sort of controlling the game. And I've got all of my um, all of my in laws. So my my wife has four siblings, and they're all married. And, and aside from one of them, they're all Vikings people on that side of the family. And there were a few texts before the game, gentle, gentle ribbing about, you know, what's going to happen. And those, those quickly stopped. Quieter. Quickly, quickly stopped after kickoff. Um, so I wasn't really, I didn't even feel the need to respond because we don't have to at this point. But um, if you're a Vikings fan right now, the one solace is that everybody else in the North lost this weekend. The Bears had a bad loss against the Giants. The Packers have now fired their coach and they're kind of adrift. The Lions got beaten. They're done. So you still have a shot at the division yep, potentially. And the way the, the, the way the Panthers keep losing, the playoffs are still very much in. in yes, yeah, Seattle's good, good no shape. guarantee. So they they, they play each other. They on play Monday each night. other. So I'll tell you what they 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 can. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to be a wise guy. I'm just, someone is going to run tables. <laughs> someone is going to. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Okay. Something to look forward to. We're good. Awesome. Always fun. Always fun on a Tuesday this week. Thanks again. Be sure to get in. Get out. Support UND this week. A lot of good home events coming your way this, this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. On behalf of our producer, David Folsky, AD Bill James, I'm Alex Hunter. Thanks for listening. We'll chat next week.